You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome down for another episode of Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris. That's Dave over there. Belling up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. We're going to talk 30 minutes of White Sox baseball. I want to give you a phone number real quick before we start. 708-459-8406. If you forget the number, just go back, replay the episode. It's right at the beginning, as you can tell. This phone number is what you will use now to be able to leave voice comments for the show. You can give us a question. You can leave a question for a guest that's coming up. I know they keep promising me guests, the White Sox. I got an email again today. Ron Kittle, it's going to be all set up, Chris. Don't worry. By the end of the week, by Friday, we'll have it set up for you. If Kitty is ever on the show, you can call that number. Leave a message. We'll play it for Ron if it's good. So here's the deal. You give us good content, you end up on the Sox in the Basement podcast. You give us a good question, great. If you disagree with us, it's definitely getting played because I love that stuff, especially if you disagree with Dave. 708-459-8406. So it's a local call for people in the Chicago area, just like a regular phone call. It's got an automated message thing that just tells you to leave a message. I'm sorry it's so generic. I'm trying to get that fixed with the company that I'm using. But you can call anytime, day or night, 24-7, while you're listening to the show, after you're done with the show, Anytime you get a thought in your head you want to throw it at us, you can call the number and be part of the show, 708-459-8406. And also remember, Socks in the Basement uh, is on Twitter, at Socks in the Basement, and it's also on Facebook, Socks in the Basement. It, we're everywhere. Find us, follow us, continue to tell your friends about it. That all out of the way, Dave. 25-man roster next year. Let's assume 13 pitchers break camp. I'm just going to make that number up because the, the Sox like to keep extra pitching coming out of camp. That's a traditional thing with the team. Most years than not, they keep 13 pitchers. That leaves 12 position players. I'm going to say Navarez is the catcher. I think it's obvious when you look at his stats, not only overall for the year, but through his 88 games, he, he's he got great stats uh, all year long, and he's also got great stats since the All-Star break. He's, he's a hitting catcher. He's gotten better at framing pitches. He's there. It could be anybody else. Uh, but I, I really think I'm hoping that a guy like Zebby Zavala, even though he struggled a little bit in AAA, he, he comes out, he makes something happen in spring training. He fights his way on the team. We get a look at him before Zach Collins shows up. That's what my catchers would be. So now that drops us to 10 players. So now let's move around the diamond and try to figure out who else is going to make this roster. Because I've got a lot of ideas for who, where I'd like people. We actually did a thing on Twitter and on Facebook this week asking people who they want to see playing at third base for the rest of the year. So assuming Abreu, Mancata, Anderson in the infield along with the third baseman, according to the results of the poll, Davidson well over Sanchez for playing third base for the rest of the year. Jose Rondon, above all of them, got more than half the votes. So we've been saying Davidson. I hope it's Davidson also because I, I actually agree with you on the Davidson versus Sanchez Davidson should be playing third, third base. base. I agree and I'm with really you upset that. that he's not playing third base. He should at least get his chance there. 
Um, but then add Davidson in as another utility infielder. Okay, so basically say or Davidson, Davidson, Sanchez, throw those guys in there with the with those other players. So now I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players, and I've got to go to my outfield now. And I've only got one guy that can come into the infield and move Sanchez around. They don't. They're not really even interested in letting Davidson play the infield. So you're probably going to have to bring in another utility infielder. But w- right now, let's just see what we got. So I have Angle out in center field. And I have Garcia out and right to start the season. So how many players am I up to now? We're up to nine. Nine players. Pelka, I said, is uh, won a job on this team. That's 10. That's 10. Like I said, if they if they don't have the faith in Davidson, they need another utility infielder to come in and be able to spell. So I don't know if it's this Rondon. I don't know, I don't know who they're going to bring in, but they're going to have some other utility infielder on the team. That's 11. Unless they, you know, unless they, what they decide to do... I mean, I don't know, unless they're Even thinking, unless that, yeah, I mean, unless they're thinking they can put Davidson at first or third and then put Yolmer as to spell somebody else on those days, like either at second or short, right. it, it, so, I don't know, but I mean, it's going to, it's going to get crowded. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you only then have one guy that can really play center field and spell angle. So you have an issue there as well. So when the season starts, Delmonico's not on the team. And when Jimenez comes up, does somebody who's a corner outfielder also get bumped again? Like Palka? Could he? Because it, it, it let, depends. Because depends. Who's playing center field when Angle needs a spell? Is he playing every day, and you're never sending anybody else out there in the outfield? No. I, yeah, I don't know. Are you keeping 13 players and only having 12 pitchers? They don't normally do that. So. This is getting. This is going to get very, very crowded, very, very quick. That's why I am so disgusted with the lack of Matt Davidson at third base, because you should find out what you got right now. And now, add in if they make a free agent signing. Add in if they make a splash or they go and they pick up a player. I don't think that's happening Drop this year, though. I don't roster. think that's happening this year, though. I don't. Th- I mean, what? Like where? You, you know, we've already talked about. Still your, want Manny Machado. Well, yeah, no, that's not happening, dude. You're going to get you're getting a bidding war with the Dodgers, really? Do we do something stupid and go get Josh Donaldson at third base? Do do we go do something stupid and get I don't an know. old third is, baseman? Is Kenny, not going to be there is, when you make your run? Is Kenny Williams making the call, or is Rakan making the I call? I, because I, I, I want to believe it's if, that's a Kenny Williams. Tr- that's a Kenny Williams signing right there. If you if you get Josh Donaldson to play third base instead of putting Davidson right there, that just reeks of Kenny Williams. So I mean I think yes if 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 this was if this is not Rick Hahn really calling the shots up there you might see that I you know but I don't hoping against hope that that you know Kenny Williams doesn't have a you know a button that he can push somewhere to to immediately usurp control from the team away from <laughs> Rick Hahn the Kenny button the Kenny button the Kenny yeah. button he just walks in, he walks in. You know what he does? He walks in like he's Vince McMahon and he's got a money in the bank briefcase. And he just like, he's turning in his briefcase to Jerry Reinsdorf to make a move. Oh, we're a wrestling podcast now. You know awesome. what I'm saying? Like, think about it that way. Yeah. Think about it. Like, here's, here's Rick. Rick's sitting at his desk. Rick's got his rebuild going, but Kenny's got the money in the bank contract. Okay. Listen. He's walking around with that one time I can go to Jerry and pick up some guy that's going to ruin everything. And he just walks in like, oh, my God, King, here comes Kenny. He's got the money in the bank contract and Josh Donaldson hobbling next to him. Listen, I am convinced that He's this. He's the ghost of Robbie Alomar. I am convinced that this happens. Sandy uh, Alomar Jr., I am where con- are you? 
Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. I am convinced that this happens on at least a bi-monthly basis. And he walks in with the money in the bank well, contract? No, I'm thinking that, he, listen, he, you know, at some point during... The Kenny in the bank contract uh, twice, free listen, the tw- listen, I'm convinced that twice a month, Rick Hahn does something brilliant or, you know, publicly or does something brilliant or says something brilliant behind the scenes that allows him to allows him to keep... You know, running this team by edict of Jerry and I'm sure, and I'm sure that Kenny Williams just goes into his office, slams the door, and starts throwing things around. This happens <laughs> twice a month, Chris, because it drives Kenny Williams nuts. I imagine Kenny on the phone calling other organizations trying to find a job. I feel like Kenny Williams feels like he wants so badly to get credit for this. And nobody's gonna give it to him. No, they boo him. And at the, the, like we went to the we went to the game when they announced Kenny Williams' name, they booed him. Whenever they whenever he's at something, they boo him. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I just think that I, I if you're Kenny Williams, I think you're looking for a job and you're frustrated because nobody's interested. Oh, but people were interested. Remember, but they're not like, anymore. They, no, well, he almost had the job in uh, in Toronto. Remember yeah, that, and right. Reinsdorf blocked it. Right. Right. I'm like uh, that made no sense to me. Why? Let him go. I mean, I get keeping the guy because you love him, and it's like, thank God Kenny was here for 2005. Like, if you want to give him full credit for that, Jerry, fine, I get it. You're in the building with him. I don't give him full credit for it. No, I think the manager had a lot to do with it. Yes, a little dumb luck had to do with it. Ken Griffey Jr. saying, "I don't want to go to the White Sox." Had everything, had everything to, do, to do, with do with it. Yes, Tadahito Aguchi all of a sudden finding his way onto the team like a couple weeks before the season starts when the original plan was Willie Harris. At second base, huh. had a lot to do with it. Bobby Jenks coming out of the woods, okay, sobering up just long enough to go out there and start throwing 100 some miles an hour in the middle of the season. He just he shows up at that Tampa Bay game. I was right behind the dugout, and after after the first batter, Lou Pinella standing up at the top of the dugout and turns around and looks at the crowd. He looked at all of us like, "Where'd you get this guy from?" Like he said it right to everybody who was sitting right there in the first three rows behind the dugout. Okay, it was it was. I mean. Everything came together, but if you want to give him credit for it, fine, Jerry. But when somebody comes along and says, I'm going to take this guy off your hands who hasn't gotten you to the playoffs in 10 years, you take it. Yeah. Because you know what? Now you don't have to feel bad that you let him go. No. You, don't have to feel, you don't have to feel bad that you fired your buddy. Just let him go. And that's what always frightens me that at any moment, Kenny shows up with the Kenny in the bank contract and walks in with some hobbled veteran that's going well, to get in the way of everything. Listen, if Donaldson or, or Mustakas shows up on this team next year at third base. I, I think we, we know the answer to that. What about the Kenny in the bank contract and he turns it in for Clayton Kershaw is that nothing but health problems. Oh, is he, is that even a thing? Well, like, are he, they talking about he could, that? He could come free. There's a few pitchers. There's a few, a few Dallas Keuchel, Kenny in the bank contract, man. That's what scares me with Kopech being injured. That's what scares me. The Kenny in the bank contract gets turned in and we go out and we get a pitcher that has shown some good 
but really is it at the level of the money you're spending? I still don't think that Reinsdorf is going to be easily talked into spending that kind of money on a starting pitcher. Remember, Reinsdorf is always hesitant about paying starting pitchers top dollar money. I mean, you can thank Jamie Navarro for that one. But, you know, so I don't know. He wants to win. He's getting older. He wants to win. He's getting older. We all don't live forever, Dave. It's it's we all don't live forever. It's been 30. He was old in 2005. He didn't think he was ever going to get to see a World Series. Now he's 13 years older. I I don't know. He's I making irrational be, decisions like not I letting think, Kenny Williams go to Toronto. I think if again, if you see that happen, then you can pretty much just throw it up and say, you Kenny know what? The, bank, the rebuild's over. The Kenny in the bank briefcase. Yeah, it might. You might. You might be. It might be. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. The three-year-old keeps pounding something against the side of the bar. Come on, knock it off. This is not a rustling podcast. I, I like probably like 80% of the people have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, come about. on. Everybody knows what money in the bank is in the WWE. There's a there's a briefcase hanging and you have to win the briefcase. And if you win the briefcase, you get a whole year where you walk around the briefcase. You could turn it at any time for a title shot, even if the guy's unconscious in the middle of the ring. And that's okay? oftentimes when it and happens. That's, that's, what they, that's what it is. And I'm saying Kenny Williams is a Kenny in the bank contract. And the Michael Kopech injury and the, the hole at third base make me very afraid that he's going to come bursting through the curtain all of a sudden. His entrance mu- music's going to hit. What is his entrance music? Oh, it's something horrible. <laughs> it's like 70, like, is it like 70s I disco? I, 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 go with, I go with something that's really, is it, is it like Anita? Really, is it really like, grinds your teeth and it doesn't make any sense. The Bee Gees. But like he comes out to like Barbie girl. Ring my bell. I'm a Barbie girl. And here, oh no, here comes Kenny. And he comes walking out like something like that. The blue song. I'm blue, da bo dee da. No! See, I see Kenny. Something is, that grates the ears. I see. Andy comes out. To I see it. Kenny is more of a 70s disco guy. So I'm thinking <laughs> something from the Bee Gees or like Ring My Bell. You know, oh, that there song. it is. That's you what can it is. Ring My Bell. That's Kenny's music. And he comes sauntering out with his contract and his, and his veteran that you know is going to have problems within a year of the deal that's going to soak up payroll. Here he can comes. We, can we dedicate a podcast <laughs> one of these days, like in the off season, to just the stupidest things Kenny Williams has well, done? I think we should do that. Please. There are people who think we're crazy for thinking that he's not a good general manager. I know. There are people who think we're nuts. We're the crazy people. Listen, let me put this in perspective. Since since the World Series in 2005. One playoff appearance one that you lucked playoff, into in 2008. One playoff. You lucked into that playoff appearance. Remember, there was a week to go in the season. You were down by four games. Okay. Minnesota completely collapsed. And, and the White Sox fine, just kind of backed into I was at the game where they lost it. And my dad was like, well, that's it for the season. There's no mathematical way they do it unless Minnesota basically loses the last three games. Which that's not going to happen. Which they did. And they did. And, and 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 then you win game you win that one game playoff that really should have been played in in Minnesota okay right I, 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 all Sox fans have to be able to admit that there's a reason they changed the rule the very next year it went to which team won the regular season matchup against each other because it goes to a coin flip and they kicked our ass all year long and they got to come into our stadium and play and we win that, and then we get smoked in the postseason like we didn't even belong there. Well, you can't even count it that. Was in a my be- mind, it was a better team. It was in a better team. In my mind, it was fun, and I enjoyed 08, and I thought the blackout game was great. But we had no business in the postseason. And if you take away the luck 
that got us into the postseason that year. You have not the been way to the that playoffs. things fell in. Right. You haven't been to the playoffs in 13 years and counting. And the rebuild just started 16, 17, 18 months ago. So for the time leading up to the rebuild and when Rick Hahn was finally given the reins, why is he such a great general manager? Is it because we won one World Series with him? Is that it? He gets a ticket to be the general manager or now president of baseball operations or whatever he is for the White Sox for life, for one World Series and one playoff appearance in this millennium. Yeah, no, yeah. well, in the Reinsdorf world, yes. We've talked about Reinsdorf runs the Bulls like a business. He runs the Sox like a family. That's always been the case. He fired somebody. Reinsdorf fired somebody once. You know, in fact, he didn't even do it. He let Hawk Harrelson fire Tony LaRussa. And and it's like given Reinsdorf night terrors ever since. And and so like he just has this thing where he just can't fire anybody. I think he's a, I think Jerry Reinsdorf's a genuinely good guy who does wonderful things. Yeah, but who loves people and needs like somebody who sits next to him and he he's like he's like his his firing czar. Like, I'll take that job, Jerry. I'll do it pro bono. I'll come in every day. I'll sit down. I'll read a newspaper. And when you look at me and go, man, I really got to get rid of so-and-so. They stink. I'd be like, oh, I'll be, I'll, I got it. Don't worry about it, Jer. I'll walk in like Ari Gold and Entourage with the, with the paintball gun and just start firing them off. Like, you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. That's from Jerry. And I'll just go back and keep reading my newspaper and be like, you want to get, you want to get some coffee later? Yeah, but he, he, sure, he even, even he would have too much of a conscience about that. Uh, he, he would just, it would keep him up at night. He dude. needs a firing czar. He does. There's great people working over in the White Sox organization. There are great things going on in the White Sox organization. But every once in a while, you're like, how does that person still have a job after 20 some years? How is that? How is that happening over there? He needs a person that's just his hammer. And then he, that person could call him up and be like, Jerry, why did I get fired? Be like, ah, Lanuti's out of control. I can't control him. <laughs> You're, Lanuti's always out of control. You see what I'm saying? Lanuti's out of control. But, but Jerry, aren't you the boss? Yeah, but he scares me. Like, he just needs somebody that he can put the blame on. Put the blame on me. Put the yeah. blame on me, Jerry. I'll go do it. I'll do it for free. <laughs> Maybe there, maybe maybe he'll hear this podcast and he'll uh, and he'll take you up on that. Give me a break. Kenny Williams is going to hear this podcast and be like, "We now disavow all knowledge of the socks in the basement podcast." Oh, there goes our Ron Kittle appearance. <laughs> that sucks. It's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here, so he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. How fun! How fun is a. Uh... A Pelka home run. Oh, it's a blast. If you had to think about the biggest thing or the most fun thing, give me your top three most fun things that pop up. Because I'm asking you this question out of the blue and not giving you any any chance, really, to react to it. Top three things that pop up in your mind that you will always remember about the 2018 White Sox season. Okay? Whether oh, it be man. a game, whether it be a player, whether it be something that would happen on the regular, something that just stands out and you go... That's the 2018 season, and that's what I loved about this season. Even though we've got a few weeks left, I doubt anything spectacular is happening in the last few weeks. I think things are just going to work their way out, 
We're gonna we're seeing these position battles spread out. We're seeing which guys are gonna be good, which guys are gonna make it next year, which ones aren't. Okay, we're, we've we've already seen that there's things that I wish they would do, like put Davidson at third base and give him more of a try there that they're not going to do. Kopech's out now until 2020. You're not gonna see any more people coming up. So what are the three things good that pop into your mind instantly that you will remember about the 2018 season? Even if it's stupid, even if it's a, if it's got nothing to do with wins and losses. I mean, Polka and his whole, just the, the whole Polka vibe, just his, you know, the interviews that he gives, it's, it, it's And the just, grassroot love movement. Yeah, that he has, it's, like it's on a Twitter. fun thing. It's a fun thing. You know, in all seriousness, I'm, I think we are going to remember this year as the first year where we really see, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have a feeling about Carlos Rodon this year. I have a feeling that, you know, he's going to he's going to end he's come comes back from the injury. He ends the year strong. I think this is the year where you really see Carlos Rodon, you know, grab it and say I am the man. I am the ace of this staff. So I mean Carlos Rodon just in general sticks out to me. So we got Rodon? As, as far as smash, this year. Yeah. What's the third thing? Oh, I don't know. Come on. Um, just whatever popped in, even if it's stupid. I, I'm I'm drawing a blank, dude. All right, I'm get, all right. Come, I'm gonna up, feed come, you one. I'm come up feed, with the come up with the third one. I'm gonna for feed me. you one. Yomer Sanchez dumping Gatorade on his. Yeah, head. I was gonna say that, but I knew it was gonna <laughs> piss you off. No, it wouldn't piss me off. I think it's funny. I think Yomer's a great guy. I would love to have a Yomer Sanchez on my team. I just don't think he should be the starting third baseman. I love it. I love the attitude. I love the camaraderie. I love what he brings to the team. I think he has value, and I think he should be on my 2019 White Sox. I just don't think he should be the starting third baseman. That's, I think that's a valid thing to say. I love everything else about him. Shouldn't be starting at third base. That bothers me. Doesn't produce enough at the plate to be at third base. All right, here are my three things. I think re- I think Renteria uh, umpire arguments are are probably up there too. You're gonna remember that as well. Those are those are those seem to be those seem to be more fun than your average. I mean, they're not Lou Pinella type outbursts, but the Ricky Renteria ejections seem to they they seem to always amuse me. So okay, so now I can't use any of the ones that you've already done. So let's see what else I can I can I can think of off the top of my head that I will remember the 2018 season for. Well, you only need two more because you put Yomer out there. Um, I gave that one to you i gave yomer to you oh. I'm, I'm handing that one to you i don't want him though okay well then i'm keeping you he's okay he's a uh, cool guy but I, I don't want him at my house <laughs> i would say that if i had to sit back and i had to think about the things that have always, that have stood out to me uh in the 2018 white Sox season i'm gonna piggyback on the carlos rodan thing and i'm gonna add his wife ashley on twitter yeah. ripping umpires for bad calls with the pitch tracks i, I the, to me, I just l- absolutely love it. I love sitting on my Twitter feed, watching Carlos pitch and swear, be an absolute beast on the mound. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Just an incredible ace, all-star caliber, Cy Young caliber pitcher in the second half. And then see when he walks a guy, how pissed off his wife becomes. Like, And, and the fact that we exchanged text messages when he had a bad start the other day. And, and, and you were like, I don't know. He might be on the couch tonight. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, 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 I just, I love that dynamic and I hope that continues. I, I absolutely loved it. But he almost won that game. That was, that was the Adam Engel. I almost caught the ball, but my glove fell into the bullpen. That's what that well, was. Well, that's the other one I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember how Adam Engel um, became a guy that I was not high on and turned into a guy that I really enjoyed watching play. I like his defense. I like that he has improved this year. I like that at the beginning of the year, he refused to use his legs and didn't seem to be able to lay down a bunt and wasn't productive at the plate. 
and then it got through to him. I like seeing some development at the major league level because if you're not developing at the major league level, I don't know why Ricky Renteria is up there because that's the whole idea. He's supposed to be there to help get these guys from the AAA to major league ready, and some guys are going to come up and not be finished products. I, I was disappointed in what Yoan Moncada did, but at least I saw some guy, it clicked in his head, and, and that it clicked in Adam Engel's head, and he figured out what he was, and I'm going to remember that. The third thing that I'm going to always remember from the 2018 season, and I'm going to get sappy with you, the launch of the Socks in the Basement podcast, <laughs> our first our Aww. first game, our first game all out there together, meeting the fans. Meeting the and, 108. And, and meeting the 108 as well, and, and, and also looking forward to a big off-season, okay, of this podcast growing and, and looking forward to doing some events when the, when the new season comes forward, yes. like tailgating events, like live broadcast at location, like expansion, like making it bigger, better, and, and even more fun uh, for everybody that listens to the podcast. So to me, this is the starting point, the jumping off point for something bigger. And I will always remember that as well. The, you know, somebody asked me, why did we name the show Socks in the Basement? And there was a, there's a couple different reasons for it. One, the f- original show that I did a podcast called The Broadcast Basement, and I broadcast out of my basement, it made perfect sense to me. Secondly, I was afraid to do anything that said White Sox in it because I didn't know what the rules were going to be, and I didn't know if I'd get like, censured from the team if I, if I did too much, like, you know, leaning towards the team. The other reason, though, is it's a perfect time to launch a show when you're in a rebuild and your team's in the basement. Because one day it'll be... One day it'll be ironic, I hope, when the Socks of the Basement podcast is set up out in the parking lot with a big Socks of the Basement flag and a Socks of the Basement tent tailgating before game one of the World Series. And we're not in the basement as a team. That's what I want. That'd be fun. I want that moment to sit there and say, we started when the team was in the basement, we grew with the team, and here we are with now our ironic name because we're the team that isn't in the basement. Okay. And, and and we're ready for the, and this rebuild has finally come to fruition. That's what I want. Sort of reminds me of the Blackhawks. It's like their one goal slogan. Like they, they came up with that when they would score like one goal a game. Right. Uh, and then and then now all of a sudden it's like, you know, three Stanley Cups later, it's the dynasty and that that was the one goal. Right. So. I, I, and, and I want to I have the, I want to be handing out signs at game one of the World Series that have socks in the basement on them, no more underneath. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Socks of the Basement logo and then in cursive underneath there, no more. You see what I'm saying? Welcome to the World Series. Absolutely. That's what I want. Okay. And this is the year that that all started. We'll get back together next week. We're going to do this year round. Okay. The season isn't over yet, but we're definitely doing this year round. And I can't wait to start talking rebuild with everybody. Remember, you can call in and be a part of Socks in the Basement now. 708-459-8406. 708 708- Four five nine eight four zero six. Anytime, day or night, 24-7, 365. You're going to hear a little robot voice tell you to leave a message. Just leave it. We go through all of them. You got something to say. You got something to argue about. Get it in there. We're going to be around all year. We know we're going strong now. We know we're going to be around the entire offseason because we're seeing incredible results. And it's all because of you guys who are listening. Um, just a quick tidbit before we get out of here. Most podcasts, you know, they get an episode up and the episode stays up forever. It's not like a radio show. Radio shows up and it's gone the moment that you're done listening to it. It's live. It's over. The podcast is up there forever. So whenever we get a new listener, people go back and they'll download some of the previous shows. They'll be like, oh, I like what they're saying. I wonder what they said about this. 
or I wonder if there's more content on this, and they'll go back. So shows that you published like months earlier, people will listen to. So naturally, the older shows will generally have more listens because somebody comes in and they just go back into the library. So you'll see their numbers grow. And shows will get their numbers bigger and bigger the longer that they're out there online and available to people. The show we did last week had more downloads within the first 72 hours than any other show that we published that has been up at any other time from the moment it was up until now. So we've got shows that have been up for three months, don't have as many downloads as just the last show. You could see like the chart and it's just trending so, so straight to the top when you look at the downloads chart and how quickly people are finding the show and listening to it, that it frightens me because at some point it's going to either plateau or drop because it doesn't make any sense to me how quickly people are finding the show. So that's a testament to you people telling your friends. That's awesome. And, and Dave and I thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we love doing it. We're having a good time doing it. And, and we're going to continue to talk Sox baseball for 30 minutes each and every week, whether or not the season's going well or going bad, whether or not it's the off-season or in-season. And we've got a lot of great ideas for things that we want to do in the upcoming months and over the off-season and into next year. So stick with us. Tell your friends. Remember to subscribe. You can get it pretty much everywhere now. You can go Alexa Play Socks in the Basement. You can go on Stitcher Radio Network and get it. You can go on Apple Podcasts. You can go on PlayerFM.fm. I know Android users, a lot of them love that. You, you could find it on the podcast app. There's all kinds of apps and podcast listeners and everything else that you can use to listen to Socks in the Basement. And you can always get it at SocksInTheBasement.com. Thank you for listening to Socks in the Basement. Let's finish off strong, but not too strong that we screw up our draft pick. And please, no more Tommy John surgeries ever again. You got nothing? I got nothing. That's it? I got nothing. You didn't have like a quip at the end of it? No, I'm good. Wow. You said it, man. Not the best color commentator in podcasting for nothing. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks. It's gonna be a good one. Nudie's basement. Oh, broadcast basement. The Nudie's basement. The broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on socksinthebasement.com.